You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 108. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome Podcast. This is JC Pulford here. I am your host, and we have been talking about Heaven Bound. Thank you so much for coming back. And if you are new, then welcome. We are diving into some awesome conversations surrounding the theme Heaven Bound. Basically, trying to get our focus on the right things while this world is just crazy. Amen. So today I am bringing you a conversation with my friend Shanae Andrus. Now, like the last episode, I was having some major technology issues. So just bear with me. The quality is not that good on my end. I now have a new microphone. My voice sounds different because I have a cold. But other than that, yeah, I fixed my microphone issues. But in this interview, you're going to hear the sound a little dicey. So just bear with me because Shanae has some amazing things that she's going to share. She talks about the red flags that we need to look for um, as parents raising children in this day and age. She goes into why ministry starts at home and why it's our responsibility to vet the voices that influence our lifestyle. Sinead also touches on the rapture and why we need to have a desire to speak and to sing more about heaven. Okay, guys, I love this conversation with Sinead. I know you will too. So here we go. Let's not waste any more time. Here is episode number 108. That's right, 108 that I am calling Ministry at Home with Sinead Andrus. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Before we get started, let me share some amazing deals from a few friends of mine. California-based, female-owned, modest boutique Skirt Society has hand-picked pieces perfect for all sizes. For a limited time, use code HELLO10 for 10% off your next order at theskirtsociety.com. From hoodie sets to jumpers, up your fall fashion game this season. If you're trying to tame your mane like I am during the colder months this season, it is time to invest in Uncut. Uncut offers a variety of hair care cleansing and strengthening products that will help restore and renew your long locks. Use code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from UncutHairCare.com today. Are you looking for modest clothing that's both high quality and affordable? Pencil skirts, layer tops, lace extenders, and more can be found at Nuggles. You can also find the cutest, modest options for grade school age girls. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off your purchase at www.nuggles.us. That's N-U-G-G-L-E-S.us and stock up for all your layering needs. So So Modest is run by a one-woman powerhouse of a seamstress bringing new life to fun fabrics as incredible, modest activewear. Think super cute stretchy skirts with matching leggings, custom made with your measurements. She even makes gorgeous swim dresses 
that honestly can be worn all year long. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order now when you shop at SoSoModest.com. That's S-O-S-E-W Modest.com. If you're like me, then your Bible might be in need of a good protective cover. Enter in leather and cord. Using beautiful leather to create Bible covers, notebooks, headbands, and more, leather and cord offers uniquely handcrafted items that honor the Word of God. Use my code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from their shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash leather and cord today. Is your skin starting to scream from the dryness already? The weather change is tough on us this time of year, but with Oneness Essentials, you will have all the handmade soaps, lotions, and scrubs that you need to let your skin shine and thrive every single day. At checkout, use code HelloAwesome for 15% off when you order from their website, onenesssoapbiz.com, and you will never have to worry about dry skin ever again. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I am so excited that we are here again for another episode going along with the theme, Heaven Bound. And today I have with me a very sweet friend that I could finally talk to, and that is uh, Shanae. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I am really excited to dive into this theme with you. And I just wanted you to just take a minute to share with everybody listening who you are and what you do. Well, JC, thank you, first of all, for having me on here, because this is an honor for me. I, I have followed your ministry online for many years now, and so I'm, I'm excited to be here today. Um, I am a wife, first and foremost, to a really handsome, tall Scottishman named Joel Andrus. I am a mommy to a little two-and-a-half-year-old named Ella Royale. And we live in Milford, Delaware, where my husband and I presently serve at Lighthouse Church. My husband is the assistant pastor here and Sunday school superintendent to basically filling any any job that needs to be filled. But we love our church. We have some of the sweetest, most amazing people here. And I'm also an author. I have a couple decades, honestly, under my belt of working in ministry to young women and to ladies, ladies ministry. And so through the years, I've been able to use a culmination of just my experiences speaking to young women and to ladies and ministering to them to write two books. It's actually a curriculum for young women called Silhouettes. And I have been so blessed to combine everything that I've learned and all the lessons that I've taught in these curriculum. There's lessons in there, resources for youth pastors, wives, Sundays want to do personal devotion with them and Bible studies. And I'm actually working on my third book right now, coming very soon, um, a, a devotional book for young mothers. So I definitely keep very busy and the hats I wear constantly shift and change. It feels like in every season of life. Yes, uh, definitely. I can, I can definitely agree with that. The change of seasons and different hats that we wear, but I'm so grateful for your ministry as well. And 
to just see how God has been working in your life and um, just really using you to touch women, you know, all ages. And I'm so grateful that he's brought us together and, um, you know, just seeing different people from different backgrounds doing great things for God is just so rewarding. So when we were talking about this theme, Heaven Bound, of this podcast season, we were talking about our, you know, our conversation today and maybe some of the things that we wanted to touch on. And uh, you were sharing what God has been laying on your heart. And I know, um, you know, we all in the church have been feeling just the state of morality in this country lately and just how it really is in jeopardy. And as parents who are trying to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord, it can really be very discouraging and scary. And I just wanted to know if you could walk us through how the Lord really started showing you more about your calling as a godly mother in this season of life. Scripture, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And what he began to impress upon me is my season of life directly correlates to my purpose. And as a mother, especially my, my season right now looks a whole lot different than it did five years ago, pre baby. And I can honestly say when I first had Ella two and a half years ago, I experienced a major identity crisis because I was trying to carry into a new season of life, my old purpose. And what the Lord's been showing me is as Christian women, we have this overall calling in our lives to live a life of transformation, trying every day to be more like Christ and allowing his transformative power to operate in us. And we also are called, secondly, to show his love to the world. That is our ultimate calling. But how we pursue that calling and how we go about it, that is what looks differently in every season of life. And when I became a mother, I was trying to maintain my old purpose, my old level of productivity, and my old schedule while caring for an infant. And I remember coming into the church office with my infant baby, trying to continue in working for the Lord and kingdom work as I had in an old season of life. And it really led me to a state of frustration. Mm -hmm. And as I said, identity crisis and almost depression. And it really took walking through COVID when we were all forced to hit the pause button and to take a deep breath that God really began to show me that my season of life was shifting. And along with that season, my purpose was also shifting. And it's not that my calling had changed. It's still intact. It's still there. It's still my driving force. But the way that I pursue that calling looks differently with a two and a half year old right now. And will my purpose in this season look the same five years from now when my little girl's in school and 
a little more independent? No. But there is such contentment and peace and joy to be found when I can step into my new season and open up myself for God to reveal to me what his purpose is in my life for this time, for the here and for the now. And right now in my life as a mother, the way that I am fulfilling the ultimate call on my life to show God's love to the world is through the way that I am loving and raising up my little girl in the fear of God. Right. I love what you said, you know, carrying into a new season of life in old purpose. I think that right there is just such a dynamic, um, just thought process. I think that could free a lot of women, honestly. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable with us, because I think we need more moms to do that and uh, not be afraid of whatever we think the backlash might be, because I think we would be very, very surprised, you know, how many people do share the same sentiment and the, the same experience. And, you know, I, I also had very similar um, experiences as well. And I love that you are kind of leaning into this season with, with just trusting in God. And, and that's really not easy to do when we, you know, especially women like us, you know, we can be go-getters and we can be, mm-hmm. um, we can have a lot of goals, which are not bad, obviously. Um, but, you know, our purpose just kind of changes a little bit in how to reach those goals. And then we end up having new goals and just new things that we would like to do. Um, and when you're talking about, you know, as our kids get older and things like that, um, that's something I've been thinking about as well, especially when we look at the state of just America right now and just a lot of things that um, are just a lot, honestly. And uh, so when we look at what children are learning, like you said, you know, we really do need to bring those those godly principles home and, and to share them with our children. And when we look at what's in schools now and what's in the media, we're not obviously seeing that. And I wanted to know uh, what has been like the biggest red flags, uh, if you want to call it that, that you have seen when it comes to like the spirituality of our kids and what they're being kind of taught right now. Well, what I see right now plaguing this younger generation is honestly the spirit of confusion and a huge attack on identity. We know that God is not the author of confusion. So that confusion is coming from somewhere and there is a motive behind it. There's an agenda behind the confusion and really If we were to take a step back, we could see the overall picture that, yes, there is an attack on our children, but there is even more so an attack on the overall family unit. I'm talking from every side. The father is under attack as the spiritual head. Men are under attack for being masculine. Women are under attack for being feminine and nurturers. Our children are under attack. All of us, the family, traditional Christian home is not only under attack, but it is not supported in any area. 
my husband and I were actually in a hotel room one evening and we were flipping through these channels trying to find a good old HGTV home makeover show. And as we were flipping through the channels, my husband said something to me. He said, Sinead, have you ever noticed that all of these commercials and all of these modern day popular sitcoms all make the dad of the home look like he's the dunce? Mm -hmm. They always treat him with such sarcasm and disrespect. And then have you ever noticed that the children also exhibit so much dysfunction in these shows? There's, there's no harmony. There's no support for the traditional message of a godly home in any of these shows on any of these commercials. And it, it is so true that the, the traditional home is just fully not supported. And we have to ask ourselves why, because if it's under attack, it must be valuable. There must be treasure within it. And so we actually have been doing a series here at Lighthouse called Focus on the Family. And what we've been studying is the purpose of family. What is God's purpose for my home? When we understand the purpose of family is to represent the kingdom of God on this earth, then we can understand why all of our roles and our identity are being attacked, why the home is being attacked. It's because the enemy knows if he can hurt our families, he can cut the church off at the knees. Right. And the image of the kingdom will be thwarted, it will be distorted, it will be withheld from this earth. So it really gives us a sense of purpose, especially as mothers, in safeguarding our home, in protecting our families, our children in particular, and enforcing not just identity within our children, but a strong sense of purpose as a whole for our entire home. We serve a purpose. We are representing the kingdom of God. It's worth fighting for. And we have to understand who we are and walk within that identity. Absolutely. And I love how beautifully you've explained that. It is definitely an attack on the family. And I think that is one of the main things that um, we need to really uh, focus on. And I agree with all the points that you said. When we look at the media and how things are now in entertainment, um, it really is an attack on the family unit, unit and what we individually are supposed to bring to help our family be who God wants us to be. And um, it really does um, kind of present a challenge for us as godly mothers to make sure that we are kind of trying to step into the role that God wants us to step into and not what society wants us to step into. And this brings me to my next point. I wonder if you think maybe we as Christians, because we understand this battle, at least most of us do, and I hope soon all of us can see that this is an attack so that we can be proactive and we can step in the gap. Do you think that we as Christian parents, sometimes we focus our mental energy on like the fear more than prevention and more than intention when it comes to the information that we know our children are consuming and this attack on the family unit. I do see how it is tempting to feel overcome with fear and anxiety when we 
look at current events and we see the world around us. But I always go back to the word of God and he tells us that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And as mothers and with a feminine nature, I know I've heard women often excuse themselves from living a life outside of fear by saying things like, well, I'm just a natural worrier. You know, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm always going to worry. But what does the Bible say? Mm. The Bible does not give room for fear in a home where there is love, power, and a sound mind operating. So in our homes, in the absence of fear, what we need to encourage is this mentality of walking in the power of God in the way that we communicate with our children about what's happening around us and about temptation, for example. Are you saying it in such a way as to make them feel vulnerable to that sin and to the wickedness around them? Or are you reminding them that they have power to overcome and to resist any temptation mm-hmm. and to overcome any sin greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world that should be our messaging and that should also be how we as parents are displaying our faith with the way that we speak to our children with the way that we comment about the covid virus about the corruption that we see in government whatever it may be our kids need to feel this undergirding of faith in the conversations we have in our home. One thing that my mom always taught me, especially when I would go back to school, is she would tell me that we are not just on the defense as Christians, and we need our children to know this. They're not just going out into the world under attack, trying to ward off the enemy and dodge his bullets. Rather, they are going into the world on the offense. They can walk into their schools and into their communities, taking back from the enemy some of the things he's tried to rob their generation of. They are strong and mighty. And your children will inadvertently model the kind of behavior they see you perform at home. My little girl is only two and a half, but we try to constantly remind her of biblical principles. And even if it's something as simple as she's scared of monsters under her bed, we have begun speaking to her of the power of Jesus. And we tell her, oh no, Ella, Jesus is with you. He is greater than any monster. He's greater than any boogeyman. And we're starting to see those conversations we have with her at home play out in her mannerisms outside of home. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of weeks ago, she was with her Mimi. They were going to a water park. And my little girl, she saw those big rides and she said out loud, oh, no, I'm scared. And apparently before anyone could respond to her and comfort her, my little Ella answered herself and she said, I'm not scared. I'm brave. 
that's the kind of mentality we want to instill in our children. That's from a lot of conversations I've had with a little two and a half year old teaching her even at this young age that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's put everything in us that we need to be alive during this age, during this day and time. And he has put greatness in you to overcome the world. Absolutely. I love that. And that's such a sweet example too, of just speaking to our children in a way that is life giving and really pointing their attention back to their maker and the creator and the one who can truly do all things. And I, I agree with you as far as, you know, um, well, on everything, but especially, you know, how we speak to our children, how we dictate the conversations and how we guide them through hard, difficult things. My children are homeschooled. So there are certain things that they haven't been exposed to yet. But what someone told me, what I read somewhere, that it's not because we want to protect them and, you know, as far as like keeping them away from all this bad stuff and never letting them experience life. But it is like a greenhouse. We are trying to nurture them so that they can grow and they can thrive and they can have all the nutrients that they need so that they can actually survive in the environment. And when I heard that, it made me feel so good just because I was feeling guilty about keeping them away from certain things, even though I knew it was the right thing to do. And we just have this pressure constantly, I think, as mothers of where's that line and what should we do? And I think going back to scripture, of course, and just realizing that we have to make sure that our principles and what we teach is aligned and the 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 children are going to follow and they're going to they're going to see things uh, in their own way, but they definitely are going to um, just take what they are learning and they just latch onto it. And having older children, I'm seeing what you were saying, what you were doing with Ella. I'm seeing that in a different way. My son, my youngest now is six. And even still, when he gets nervous and he gets scared, obviously he voices his opinions. And I think, too, we have to also encourage our children to not be afraid to ask questions or to show their true emotions in the moment. And 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 just realize that, you know, we can talk to them. And what I've done is saying what you're feeling right now is normal. Your fear and you being scared is normal. But. That's our flesh. And we are supposed to operate from the spirit. So if you're feeling like that, that's not a place for you to stay there. You have to then say, okay, God, I need you now to change the way that I feel or help me see things the way you see things. And remember that he is with you and he is in control and you are not alone. And that has been such an instrumental thing that God has shared with me based on the things that he's done in my life that I'm able to teach with them and also how they interact with each other and be encouraging with each other and learning the power of prayer at a young age, even if they don't pray on their own, it's just such a huge thing, especially right now. And I really would like to know what has been some biblical principles. I know you shared some already, but, um, just some biblical principles that God has brought to your attention right now. 
Well, right now, God has really been dealing with me to be rooted in his word. You know, the question, what biblical principles do we feel God is calling us to? Well, we can't even answer that question if we don't know what the Bible says. Right. What biblical principles are there for us, for the taking, for our homes, for our marriages. And so what I have been feeling such a hunger for is his word. It is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. And JC, I need some light because the world is dark and motherhood is difficult. Mm-hmm. And there are so many questions and there is such a fog of of insecurity and a fog of indecision and a fog of the unknown that can just cloud your thoughts and cloud your judgment at any given time. I need the light of God's word to begin to dissipate and dissolve that fog. So his light can discover more of the path he has for me and help me to see more clearly. I've got to seek his kingdom first as a mom. And all these things will be added unto me. But with raising my daughter and everything, and even the the call of God on my husband and I's life at our local church, the burden is too heavy to do by myself. Yeah. The questions are too great to answer with my own intellect or to answer with my own experience. I have to go to the word. And there is such a release that comes from being able to say, I don't have the answer, so you can't lean on me. But this is what the word, the infallible word of God says for you and for me. And God really began to deal with me on this during COVID because Ella and I were actually in the nursery of our church and she had found this little baby Bible and was holding it in her hand. And while she was holding that Bible, she also saw a little ball that she wanted to bounce and play with. And I watched her for a few minutes, try to hold that Bible and bounce the ball at the same time. And of course it wasn't going well. So I quickly spoke up and I said, Ella, you know, if you would just put that Bible down, you'd be able to bounce the ball a lot easier. And in that moment, God spoke to me as he so often has in this season of motherhood through that situation. And he said, Shanae, whatever you do, drop the ball, but don't drop the Bible. Mm. And we, we have so many pressures on us right now. We have so many balls that we're juggling, so to speak. But what he has shown to me is Even if I have to drop the ball in other areas of my life, I cannot afford to drop the Bible. I cannot afford to stop pouring over its precious pages and read its life-giving truths because the Bible, you want to talk about identity, you want to talk about dispelling confusion from our home, you want to talk about all of the good things of God, it's all coming from his word. That's what we have to pour ourselves into. Yes, amen. That is such a powerful 
just word right there. And thank you for sharing that because that definitely has spoken to me right now and something that God is really continually, you know, working in my heart is, you know, it's okay to drop the ball, but don't drop the Bible. Truly, I know in this season of life, I've I've gone back to John 15, 5, where it says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abided in me and I in him, and I in him, the same bringeth, bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And that's something that I personally, you know, speak to a apostolic counselor about. And it's something that we've talked about for me personally is realizing that as mothers, we want to do everything. And sometimes we probably can get away with it for a little bit, but there's only so much that we have. There's, there's so much that we, um, there's only so much that we can bring to the table because really without Jesus, we can do nothing without him. We are really, truly nothing. He is, he is the way, the truth and the life. And that's how we find our identity and who we are is when we see who Jesus is and who he is as God. And he we can see who he has made us to be and where we're supposed to be, but we need him first. And we always need to put him at the center and, and truly um, just realizing that if you can't do something, you're not a failure. As long as you're just following the Lord and obeying him. And I was just speaking to my children this morning. We talked about the story of Saul and how, um, Saul was appointed king and he was supposed to be a great king, but he failed. And the reason why he failed is because he wanted to do things his own way. Time after time, God gave him, gave him an opportunity to obey, but he did it his own way. And finally, the Lord said, you are no longer going to be the king. And he kept begging. And we read I was reading in the scripture to my children, how Saul kept begging, no, you know, Samuel, please stay with me, you know, keep, you know, uh, pray with me, help me to worship the Lord. And he was trying to kind of get back what he lost, but there really wasn't a heart of repentance. And that's when Samuel said that obedience is better than sacrifice. And right now, as parents, we need to just obey the word. And we need to just do what the word tells us to do and have hope in that. And realize that sometimes if all we can do is just read the word and obey the word, that is enough. Especially as mothers, um, we take care of our babies and we take care of our homes and we obey the Lord. Everything else would would be cherry on top, honestly, it would be the cherry on top. Um, And I think we have to just shift that mindset of ministry happens at the home first. Love happens at the home first. Whatever we want to do in this world has to happen at the home first. We can't neglect our home because to obey the Lord is he wants us to love our family. And he wants us to raise these children, you know, raise up a child in the way that he should go. And so, you know, there's been a phrase recently that I've adopted. um, Well, it's been for a while, but I've just now shared it recently. And to me, it may not sound too groundbreaking because I've been thinking about it over and over and over again, but it truly has been. Um, it just shifts my thoughts when I feel overwhelmed. And that is motherhood is ministry. And I wanted to know if you could speak into what that phrase means to you. 
Well, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon that I love, and it says, you are as much serving God in looking after your own children and training them in the fear of God, making your house a church as you would be if you'd been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. I mean, if that doesn't just say it all right there, motherhood is a holy act and there is holiness cloaked in the ordinary all around us in everything that we do as mothers. I I found a statistic recently that 53% of Americans claim the most influential person in their life was their mother. And that statistic, it grows, that that percentage grows every year. But I'm reminded of a mother in the Bible who wasn't mentioned by name. As a matter of fact, she wasn't mentioned at all. But we see her handiwork and we see her fingerprints all over this miracle of Jesus where he fed a multitude of 5,000 men and their wives, and their children through this small, meager lunch of a little boy, five loaves of bread and two fish given to the hands of Jesus to bless and multiply. And I think to myself of the mom that packed this little boy's lunch. Mm. And I see myself there waking up early before my little girl wakes up. I see the mom like you and so many others who get up at the crack of dawn and they're, they're cleaning and they're doing laundry and they're, they're in their kitchen. And I see this mom wrapping up her son's lunch for the day in a little bit of canvas. And I, I can see how she might think that what she's doing is so insignificant. And it's so, it's so humble and it's so meager and it's not life changing and it's not world changing. But she had no idea that her tiny little act of love for her son, her, her seemingly insignificant sacrifice would somehow make its way to Jesus and it would be put in his hands to bless and to multiply and to change the world. And I encourage myself in that, that all of the tasks I do, the tasks you do that, that kind of drive us crazy, almost make us feel inhuman and feel like little workhorses. They, they may not seem to us right now as earth shattering. We, We may not see how God could ever use them on a grand scale, but somehow those acts of love and of serving God through caring for our children, possibly through our children, are going to be placed in the hands of the master who is going to put his own spin on things and he's going to anoint it and be able to use it for his glory. I love that. And I... I thank you for sharing that because I actually don't think I've ever thought about it in such detail before and just realizing that 
all the little things, like you said, that might drive us crazy or that we don't think are important or that we have to do every single day. And it sometimes feels, you know, mundane that it's actually not everything has a purpose and um, it really is humbling. And it really is something that we really have to allow the Lord to work through us when we feel those kind of feelings of maybe we don't feel appreciated or maybe um, we think it's boring or, you know, all of those things that might come up, um, even though I know motherhood is not is not boring, but <laughs> but maybe in the moment when we're, you know, thinking about like folding laundry or something, it kind of feel, you know, like we're just, you know, plowing through, but, but everything has a purpose and realizing that honestly, it's just bigger than us. And, and God is working in ways that we cannot see and he will take whatever it is that we, um, that we give him and he would just multiply it. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to remember, especially now. And hopefully this will give somebody encouragement out there, especially if they're a new mom and they're still learning their identity and they're still working through some things that are just new in this season. You know, God is going to take whatever you give and multiply it. And so just keep showing up. And I, and I really want to encourage, you know, mothers out there to just keep showing up and, and don't give up because, um, you know, the, the, we're not going to see the fruit until later. And that's, that's really, um, something to look forward to, but also, um, we can miss God if we're so focused on what we feel like we're missing out. And so if we can just focus on, this is the job that we need to do and Lord, please help me be grateful for it and do it in the best way that I can. We're going to see God, um, just place things within us that we probably never thought, um, is possible. And I really would like to know from your perspective, how we as busy moms, how can we overcome that feeling of being overwhelmed with this calling of motherhood that's on our lives? That's a great question. And I recently read that Christian women, most in particular mothers are some of the most guilt ridden human beings on the planet. We go to bed constantly feeling as though we were not enough. We didn't do enough for our children today. Or if we spend a lot of time with our children, we weren't as productive as we would have liked on our jobs or in the projects we're working on. Or if we were productive on the job, we didn't spend enough time with our children. Or we're not being as good a wife as we should be. We're not as involved in our church as we should be. And we go to bed feeling condemnation. We have to once again go to the word. Romans 8 tells us there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That guilt, that feeling of being overwhelmed, that doesn't come from Christ. And we have to pay attention to that because we can't be inviting feelings and emotions and thoughts into our home that are not of Christ. So the first thing we have to do is identify This feeling of guilt, this feeling of being anxious and overwhelmed does not come from God. So where does it come from? What is its purpose? What is the enemy trying to do to me through these emotions and feelings? 
and we have to pray against them. We have to combat those feelings. But on a practical side, something that I have really learned to do that helps me when I do feel overwhelmed with life's demands is my husband and I have sat down as a family and we've created what we call our hierarchy of priorities. I think a lot of times the reason us moms feel overwhelmed is we don't know how to say no, or even better, we don't know how to reserve our yes for the best opportunities. It's not just about shutting everything down and saying no and turning off the faucet and, and isolating ourselves from people and, and obligation, but it's about being prayerful and mindful about reserving our time, energy, and resources for God's best yes in our lives. And one way to do that is to really have a strong understanding as for me and my house, what is the hierarchy of our priorities? And when we can sit down and literally write out what we deem as the most important things in our home, then I can weigh in the balance all of life's demands with this list of priorities. And I can start saying yes to the things at the top of my list. And I can say no and put things in perspective that are not as vital to the health and happiness of my home. And when I go to bed at night, even if there are a few tasks I didn't get done, um, when those feelings start to creep in, those feelings of being overwhelmed, I go back to that checklist in my mind, that hierarchy of priorities. And if I stay true to what God has called me to, my purpose in this season, and I've stayed true to that hierarchy of priorities, then I can dispel that guilt. I can send it back to where it came from. And I can know that I have stayed true to what God is calling me to for the here and now. Yes, absolutely. And I love that. I definitely agree that we just can sometimes be so hard on ourselves and feel so much guilt. And I think that comes from, you know, the place of just wanting to do good. We really want to do so much good, um, but we only have so much time in a day and we only have so much within our our grasp to do our own abilities. We are very limited. We have to realize that we have to give ourselves grace because we're just human and we can only do so much. And I agree. I I love that idea of just having that list of what truly is important. And um, I definitely have something similar um, for, for myself and it has really given me so much peace at night, just realizing that, Okay, so we didn't do that extra craft today, but you know what? We didn't skip devotion or, or we didn't, we didn't make it to the, to the park like I wanted to, but we had a very healthy lunch. Right. So it's really changing our perspective and, and just realizing that what are the things that the, that the kids are going to really remember? They're probably going to remember us just sitting down and having one on one time with them, face to face time with them reading to them, speaking with them, spending time with them. And uh, whatever that looks like for each home might be different. But as long as we have God at the focus, you know, um, we're just doing the best that we can. That's right. I really, I really do appreciate that. And uh, 
that kind of brings me to the theme of being heaven bound and, and really thinking about how to prepare our, our children for just uh, having heaven in their forefront, or at least uh, thinking about it and not being afraid of that. Um, Cause I remember as a kid, sometimes it's so easy to be afraid of the unknown and, and not too sure of, of different things, no matter what people might encourage you with. Um, but when you think of heaven bound, what comes to your mind? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is the rapture. And that's something that doesn't get talked about or sung about as frequently as it was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think of keeping heaven in view and talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ to our children. What's it going to sound like? It's going to sound like a, a trumpet. And, and what's it going to look like in a twinkling of an eye? Two men will be in a field and one will be taken up and one will be raptured. And what does the Bible describe it as? And, and how can we be ready for the rapture. We know not the day or the time or the hour when God's going to return. We've got to be ready. Let's talk about salvation. What's our ticket to heaven, as we would say to our Sunday school children. But Ella and I were actually upstairs last week. And when I saw the theme of your podcast, it was like the Lord's confirmation. But I, I think I shared the story with you. Um, we were privately talking before this podcast, but Ella and I were upstairs getting ready and I was trying to entertain her as us moms often do while getting dressed. And I was just being goofy in my room and I started singing this old hymnal. And I don't even know if you would know the song, JC, but um, it's a song called When the Redeemed Are Gathering In. And I was singing it really goofy, really silly with an operatic voice. And Ella grabbed my hand and we started marching back and forth. When the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from sin, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. And these are songs that I heard sung when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. But we were just laughing. And Ella was picking up her feet, marching with me. But in this instant moment, it went from being really silly to being something sacred. And I felt the Holy Spirit just flood my room and wash over me. And all of a sudden, I went from being goofy to singing that song with conviction from the bottom of my heart. And Tears filled my eyes and I felt God impress on me and speak to me. He said, sing the old songs. And I instantly started singing any song I could think of, any hymn that talked about the rapture. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. And I realized that my little girl had never heard those songs. And it was something that God was 
imparting to me the importance of this message, the message of utmost value that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And we don't talk about it enough. You know, we, we talk about going to heaven one day when we die, when we get real old, but I remember my, my parents talking to me about the rapture and, and it was so real when I was a little girl and it could happen so soon that any time I couldn't find my mom in the grocery store or any time I called my dad on his cell phone and he didn't answer, I was afraid that the rapture had taken place <laughs> and I was so scared I was left behind <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny now, but there was such a sincerity in my heart. Someone had taught me that Jesus was coming again. Mm. And someone had told me about the rapture and I believed it. And, and I feel like God is reminding us all as mothers, especially, yes, teach your children about how to live for God and live life abundantly while here on earth. But don't forget to teach them about the rapture. Because we still believe God is coming again. And we still believe it could happen at any time, at any moment. And and I, I truly believe we are getting closer and closer to that day. And it's a message we have to share with our families. Absolutely. And I love that. I, I actually have heard of that song. Um, we are fortunate to have a church who actually has hymnal books still. And um, we are a small little home missions church, but we love it so much. And so um, I have been blessed, even though I've been only in the church for 14 years, um, I've been blessed to hear some of those old songs and, and learn them. And so I, I am going to take this and remind myself to pass it on and, um, and, you know, uh, and play them more. Uh, But yeah, definitely. I think, what we have found, uh, what I have seen personally is it's been easier for us to talk about like kindness and love, which are great things. And we need those things, but we haven't really, I personally haven't seen a lot of uh, discussions about heaven and the rapture um, up until recently. Recently I have um, seen um, a lot more uh, people preach on um, these topics. And I do feel like God is bringing us on to alignment to think on the same thing. And that is to be ready for whenever he comes and just to make sure that we aren't sleeping spiritually, that we are awake and that we are doing what we need to do to make sure that our hearts are right with the Lord. And I, I would like it if you could just take a moment to speak to those listening right now. Some are mothers, some of our listeners are not, but I know that they can obviously gain value from what we're talking about. But whether you're a mom or not listening, we all have influence. And this is something that I talk about in the glitter effect. We all have the power of influence. Whatever we say and whatever we do does matter, especially in our homes. You may not be a mom right now, but how you react to your mother does matter. Um, And all the principles that she's trying to teach you and instill in you does matter, Um, especially when, you know, maybe in the future you might become a mom. But uh, everything that we say and we do, it leaves a print somewhere. And so as we're trying to navigate all of this 
all of these agendas that are being thrown our way, all of the uh, influence that we're trying, that, you know, the world is trying to throw our way. I would love it if you, uh, Shanae, if you could just offer up a word of encouragement for all of us. I truly believe that there is this little girl inside of all of us. And she represents this part of ourselves that is trusting and is hopeful. She's lovely and she's innocent and she hasn't been broken by the nastiness of this world. And that is the part of you that I want to speak to right now. And I'm speaking to the little girl inside of me because sometimes you just need to hear that it's all going to be okay. And this isn't a earth shattering concept, but I, I want to take a moment to speak to that vulnerable, sweet, precious soul that you have and put a voice to God's voice, put a voice to his word. It is all going to be okay. And something that my husband tells me, he speaks to that little girl inside of me when he can look in my eyes and see that I am shattered from a hard day. He hugs me and he tells me this, Shanae, all of your dreams are going to come true. Every promise that God has given you, if you're hearing me today, let me fight against the lies of the enemy. Let me tell you this. Every promise that God has given you will come to pass. You've got what it takes. You are loved. You are special. And you are doing a good job. That's so sweet. And that is so encouraging. Thank you so much. And I think we all needed, we all needed to hear that. Just simple words, but very powerful. And I really, really appreciate that. Is there anything else that you feel you'd like to share or expound on that you feel the Lord really wants us as his children to know right now? I just want to leave everyone with a word of encouragement and a word of caution that as young women, as young mothers and wives, whatever season of life you're in, we have to be diligent in vetting the voices. I know that we can often get so hungry for wisdom and so hungry for direction that we take to blogs and self-help books and podcasts to feed us and to give us some kind of hope and to give us some kind of word. But we have to remember to always compare it to the word of God and make sure that the information we're ingesting is in alignment with his truth and with his principles. Because we live in an information age where anyone with a laptop can call themselves an author or a blogger. Anyone with an Instagram account can call themselves an influencer. But I am responsible for safeguarding my home. And I'm responsible for guarding my thoughts and my actions towards my family and what I let into our home and into our hearts. So God has really dealt with me recently in an information age to stay diligent and 
the Bible tells us that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. But the key word here, if you understand the context of Proverbs, when Solomon was writing this book, he was seeking to explain to a younger generation how to pursue wisdom in their life. So the key word there is wisdom, wise counsel, wise counselors. We can't open our hearts up, mommies, to just anybody speaking into our lives because it will affect decisions that we make that will affect our home, our children, our marriage. I have an obligation and a responsibility to vet the voices that will ultimately influence my lifestyle and my home. Well said. Wow, Sinead, thank you so much for just taking the time to speak with me and to speak to us. I know that those listening um, are going to be blessed by this and, and you really definitely spoken to just this theme of being heaven bound and, and really encouraging us to vet those voices and to really follow the Lord in every aspect. And so I really appreciate you and of course your family so much. Right now I've had two of the original, you know, uh, sisters on the podcast, the, you know, Huba sisters on the podcast so far. Now I just need charity to come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I appreciate your family and I love just the heart behind um, how you guys do ministry and how you guys love on each other and love on people. And I just really, really appreciate you so much. And I would love it if you can just tell everybody listening where they can find you on social media, where they can buy your books, and how we can all connect with your church. Absolutely. So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm on Shanae Andrus. Uh, that's my handle, S-H-E-N-A-E-A-N-D-R-U-S. Um, also, my ministry page is Shanae Andrus Ministries. I would love for everyone to follow me. Our church page is Lighthouse Milford, M-I-L-F-O-R-D. And it's always fun to follow each other's churches and see what everyone's doing. My website is ShaneeAndrus.com. And that is a great place to grab my books and stay updated with new projects that I'm working on. You can also purchase my book on Amazon. It's Shanae Andrus Silhouettes. Volume one and volume two is called I Am. And PPH, Pentecostal Publishing House, also carries both of those books. They come with a link, by the way, to download supplemental material, videos, handouts. So I worked really hard to make sure it's a great resource that would give you everything you need for a class or time of devotion and would be worth your investment. So give me a follow, follow along. Let's do this journey together. And thank you so much, JC, for all that you're doing. Keep up the good work. Your ministry is powerful. And I'm just so honored that you had me on today. Well, of course, thank you. I just, I'm just so grateful for this uh, opportunity, of course, to speak with you and to have this amazing conversation. It blessed my heart. And uh, just thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Live? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts 
sharing how God used this to bless you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome and shop inspirational products, head to helloawesome.live using the promo code HELLO10 for 10% off your next purchase. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.